Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you, and it's good to see uh, brothers and sisters. And we are born of the same God and Father, only in Him, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so uh, good to just worship together the same Lord, same God, under the guidance of the same Spirit. That comes from above. So blessing. So blessing. Uh, Pastor Rowan asked me just to preach this Sunday for some reason. He's somewhere where uh, it's a lot cooler. You see uh, two kanji everywhere, right? Like a mosho. Mosho, like uh, extremely hot. That's what it is. Can't help it. Well, we can think of it this way. Uh, just think of yourself uh, just riding the, uh, the really crowded train or sardined, uh, severely packed train in the, during the rush hour. It's a good thing about it. We go through it together. We suffer together. Sorry, it's not going to help you. So. <laughs> Still hot. <laughs> All right. I shepherd a small flock. There's a bigger flock here, you know, but there's a small flock in Nuwako City. And that's where I pastor as I uh, teach English at a university. And um, I was thinking about how I judge the message. I'm thinking of this topic, church. And I know some of you might not be here just to hear for temporarily, right? Or just uh, just be here just for today or next week, you know? And some are here for a long, a longer term. So I'm thinking, instead of the uh, expository preaching, like a topical one I picked. So let's uh, think about, let's learn together, including myself. Let's learn on church together. You know, I looked at the word like a ecclesia here. Ecclesia is the uh, that what's the word that, is, that describes church, church or congregation. I kept hearing this morning like a congregational. I like that how that sounds, congregational. Yes, it's, it's all about congregation or assembly, gathering. Anyway, the church. So I looked up the word and uh, it's used like 114 times. So what I do was just to pull out those verses to fit the message. You know, you got the three outlines you in your booklet, a bulletin. So I go along with that. Uh, so uh, you don't see every verse that I picked, but um, typically the typical ones, the main ones that we describe the topic, or oh, this just each outline well. So please bear with me. And at the first one, first page introduction, what well, general usage actually is amazing. The word ecclesia is just a secular term. It's never meant church. Did you know that? Ecclesia, wow. Well, a typical one is the, uh, you find in the Acts 19.32. It said the, uh, the assembly was in confusion. I hope not, you're not in confusion. <laughs> the assembly was in confusion. You know what happened here is the, on the third journey of Paul, Apostle Paul. This is what happened. This is the, some, a guy named Demetrius. He was the uh, silversmith. And he was making a lot of money from the, making the uh, shrines, portable shrines. Then all of a sudden, Paul came and he just lived there for three years. And what he did was just spread the gospel. Filled the whole province of the Ephesus for three years. And he didn't like that. He didn't appreciate it. Because uh, there was a goddess named Artemis. And Artemis was, uh, was just being at stake. You know, the goddess was discredited. Because Paul was teaching, the world, well, the man, I mean, no gods made my... Uh, human hand are no gods. They're no gods. 
So uh, he got fierce and just he just gathered the other craftsmen to cause an uproar, riot. That's what happened. So just everybody all rushed into the theater. And uh, see, that's what it is. Some were shouting one thing and one another, and most of the people did not know why they were there. That's the gathering. That's the ecclesia. Can you believe this? That's the ecclesia. I hope we are here for purpose, for someone we believe the same. And also, uh, 39, there's uh, anything further you want to bring up. So there's one man, a uh, city clerk. He stood up. Okay. Our life is in jeopardy because we're going to go on like this and we're going to be arrested with this rioting. So that's what it is. So, so if there's anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. So that assembly was not legal. So if you look, if you, the word, uh, if you just look at the word, you get the uh, uh, definition. It was a political uh, what assembly of citizens of the ancient Greek state. That's what it is. But anyway, that word, uh, ecclesia, is used, so we need to just uh, dwell on this. And let's go on. What about the, uh, the Old Testament? Uh, this is the Moses who told the Israelites. That was, you find that in uh, Acts 7.38. Actually, so this is Stephen was preaching to uh, the Jews there. They were re-accusing really him. Anyway, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. And 38, he was in the assembly. See this? The assembly? Wow. So just imagine the assembly. Uh, remember the tabernacle? You know, all people were there. You know how many people were there? At least 600,000. Men alone, over 20s, right? And probably uh, the men and, and, and the women and children and other people, well, they were talking about million. Uh, one million, two million, who knows? Uh, lots of people were there. But they were called the assembly. In the assembly, and with the uh, angel who spoke to him on uh, Mount Sinai, and with the other ancestors. So people, talking about people. What about Hebrews 2, 12? Uh, David, it's the uh, quote from Psalms 22. I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. It's an assembly. Like here. Gathering. Gathering. And in Hebrew, if you're interested, kahal. In the assembly, I will sing your praises like we're doing, uh, giving the praises this morning. In the gathering. So I think it gives us a pretty much good idea about what Ecclesia is by now. I hope. I hope. So before we talk about what is church then, Let's talk about how church came to be, came to exist for anything at all. So in the New Testament era, it started at, in Jerusalem. Did you know that? Let's read the whole uh, book of Acts. In chapter 2, the, uh, the day of the Pentecost came. So you know what happened on that day. The Holy Spirit just came upon people there. At least 120 people were there, uh, including the other apostles. Twelve apostles. Judah was not there. This is, was added. Anyway, 12 apostles. You know, about 120 people were there. The Holy Spirit just came upon every single one of them. Then uh, Peter stood up. Well, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter stood up and repent and be baptized in every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So that message, gospel, is still preached today, I hope. I hope. And you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not to them alone, but to those that are, that are, are far, are far as far as uh, we are here. Thank God, in Japan too. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wow, great number, 3,000. 
It's not so much the number, it's what happened. You know, the Holy Spirit just came upon them. And that's how it started. But still, the ecclesia is, was not used there. I know a lot of people were there. And uh, the, until Acts 5, 11, the great fear seized the whole church. And oh, see, ecclesia, the word was used there. So what happened? I think you know what happened. Remember the, uh, there was one couple, Ananias and Sapphira? was it one couple. This is what happened. Together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property when with his wife's full knowledge. Whoa. He kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Well, don't some people do that and get away with it? Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that the Satan has filled your heart and you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself and so on and so And what happened was this. Ananias, when he heard this, he fell down and died. Died. Ooh. And the same happened to his wife as well. He just came along later. This is something, what was after, whoa. They were struck and they died. Was it something God did it? So let's not really get deeper about it. Anyway, that's for good thing. A great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. That's what happened. So Jerusalem, obviously there's a church there. Ecclesia is there now. And uh, was it just Jerusalem? Uh, number, numbers of churches today, right? So after that, it just went Judea and Samaria. As you remember, the apostles were told that uh, they will receive the Holy Spirit and power to be a witness, starting from, from Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, it says, and the whole outermost parts of the earth. Wow. So this had to happen, Judea and Samaria. But, interesting enough, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. This is how it started. And who was the persecutor? Saul, later on called Paul, the apostle for Gentiles. Wow, but he had to be chosen. Did he have to persecute? Well, I don't know, but he did anyway. And all except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Samaria. But, so the so apostles stayed there, but the other people were just scattered out. And Saul began to destroy the church. Whoa, this is something you don't want to destroy. You don't want nothing to do with it, you know, as far as destruction, no. Going from house to house, interesting enough, House to house. It was not the fancy building like here. Maybe the house to house. I don't know how he knew which house he was shooting for. But he did that anyway. And he dragged up both men and women and put them in prison. Whoa. Persecution took place. Okay. And the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and it was strengthened. This took place after the conversion of Paul Tarsus. So Paul got converted, he came to know the Christ. But about the same time, the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed. So they're not just a fled, they're just as a scattered, but the, uh, the church was there. Ecclesia was there, just imagine. They enjoyed the time of peace and it was strengthened. And Acts 11, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas into Antioch. Okay, this is what happened. Antioch. So all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, all was in what is called Israel. But some had to go beyond that to spread the gospel throughout the world. 
Now this is what happened. Antioch. Antioch became the kind of base camp for evangelism for the whole world. So if you want to take the note, this is a turning point. Antioch. Antioch. Until that time, the gospel was just to spread to the, for the Jews. But from this time on, yeah, the people who spoke uh, the Greek, they preached the gospel to those who speak Greek. That's when the, uh, the worldwide evangelism started, took place, 1122. So when they, uh, the church in Jerusalem, when they heard that, they sent Barnabas to there. And Barnabas just found, okay, where's, uh, where's Paul? <laughs> so he just uh, pulled him out of the uh, Tarsus, because that's where he was, and uh, just joined him. So they made uh, just a really strong tag team, you know, two together from that time on. And uh, 1125s, for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Remember the other disciples? Disciples. They were called Christians or Christianos, you know, in the Greek, at first at Antioch. This is really the turning point. So we got to think this, you know, it started in Jerusalem, the Jews. Later on, the uh, whole nation started from here. That's why, that's how the other uh, spread the gospel, just to arrive at MCC or Kichijoji or Musashino City. There's a map here. Let's go to Turkey and Greece with me. Then they see the uh, like Barnabas and Paul. They went off to uh, on a mission journey, actually three times, actually, three times. The first one, first one, they are concentrated on the uh, the Asia Minor. So journey in Asia. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers and all these people. And Barnabas was there and Saul. So they were sent. The Paul and Barnabas appointed elders. This is what happened on the way back. They established the gatherings uh, in Asia Minor in several places. And on the way back, what they did was they appointed elders. Elders. Interesting, not elders, not pastors, but elders. It's about the same later when we find out. But anyway, back then, elders for them in each church, in each church. That's what happened. And uh, 1427, on arriving there, they gathered. So they came back to Antioch again to make a report. So they gathered the church together and reported at the, all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to listen to, to the Gentiles. The nations. Wow. It's great. Okay. What about the second journey? The first the route kind of overlaps that of the uh, the first one. But after that, they just went further. And Phrygia, and uh, when they came to Bithynia, they were forbidden to go there by the Holy Spirit. So what they did was just uh, facing Mysia, the tip of the Turkey, right? And they set across and came to a place called Neapolis. Actually, they said Greece, so just say Europe today. Wow. So Asia to Europe. So Neapolis and Philippi, I think you're familiar with the name, the Philippi and Thessalonica, and uh, Berea and Greece and Athens and Corinth. I think you're familiar with those names. So second journey, journey to Greece, actually. And he went through the Syrian and Cilicia and strengthening, like a still Turkey area. And so the churches were strengthening the faith and uh, all these churches in Greece. And to the church of Thessalonica, this is the first line you find in the uh, epistle, Pauline epistle, 
to the people in Thessalonica. So the church, there's a church there of Thessalonica, Thessalonians. Then, I think you're familiar with those names. I commend you to the sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church. Wow, there's a deacon there. Deacon Phoebe, the church of Sincrea, right? Sincrea? And to the church of God in Corinth and also throughout Achaia. Achaia, like in Macedonia, you got the northern part, the Greek, uh, Macedonia, and the southern part, Archaea. Wow. The whole Greece was covered as far as the, uh, building the churches or gatherings. It's amazing. And when he landed at Caesarea, he has to end his second journey like that. He went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. Oh, it's amazing. He just didn't just come back to Antioch. He just went down to Jerusalem and came back again to Antioch. And third journey was uh, not so much in Asia, but most of it in Greece. The uh, mission activities were, were done. And on his way back, he wanted to uh, sail from Corinth to Ephesus. But there was an ambush of the Jews. And on his way back, he stopped at uh, Ephesus, but not exactly Miletus, to call the elders from Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. So the third journey, Greece and Asia, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. And uh, he sent a long message. He just gave a long message to the uh, elders from Ephesus. Well, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Overseers, are you familiar with the word the bishop? First Timothy 3 and Titus 1. That bishop is overseer. The same word is overseer. And uh, that's translated as bishop, the same word. Anyway, so it means overseers, be shepherds of the, the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. It's, it's very interesting. We always thought that we were redeemed and bought back through the, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ? It's true. No doubt about that. But here, with his own blood, yeah, it just overlaps. That's how important the church of God is. Think of it. Yes, through the blood of Christ. But at the same time, it's the blood, very blood of our Lord, our God Father. He didn't bleed. Our Father didn't bleed at the, uh, through his son. So his son's blood is regarded as his own blood. That's how important and precious we are as a church of God. Think of this. So, if you're interested, think of those churches or gatherings are established during that time. Many. And uh, maybe we should think of the, uh, particularly the gathering at Ephesus, because uh, we got a letter from Paul. And uh, Thessalonica, uh, two letters, right? What else? Uh, Galatia. Galatia. There's only there too. It's well, the plural actually. The churches in Galatia. Churches in Galatia. And uh, Colossae. Colossae? The letter to the Colossians? Yes. Anyway. So many churches there. So what is church there? I think it's obvious by now. It's never a building. It's never a structure. But we kind of have fun saying we go to church. My question is, do you go to church after all this? Like, like you go to bed? Or you go to, you go to camp? You go to school? Go to work? Do you go to church? 
No. No. You are, we are the body of Christ. It's the ecclesia. That's what it is. Just let's get into that. It's obvious, but I think it's good to be reminded. Reminded every week, not every day, every day, so that we can cherish the importance of it. Of the whole, our existence, not just of my own, or the person next to you, all of us relies on this fact that uh, we're all ecclesia. So, Ephesians 1.19, that power is the same as the mighty strength, and 20, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And 22, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Well, if you just read this, okay, okay, I read it. You understand what it says, but do you really understand it though? Think of the power. What power? The same power that worked in Christ when he was raised? Think of the power. What happened on that morning? Earthquake. We get shaken up a little bit of earthquake. But think of the, uh, the earthquake that took place in the morning. That rolled away the stone from the tomb. But not only that, the dead body of our Lord Jesus Christ was raised like a normal. Think of that. The power. So when we think of the thunderbolt or the earthquake, think of the, the energy release. Think of the uh, how powerful God. Think of that. Please. We get scared. Yes, we do. But at the same time, that's the power of God. That's how powerful God is. That the very power He worked in His Son when He raised Him from the dead. Not only that, 22, and God placed all things under His feet. It's great. And appointed Him to be head over everything for the church. Wow. That's what Ecclesia is. We have the uh, head. We have Christ as the head. What kind of head is that? Well, this is the very head that the God, the Father, just raised from the dead in his power? From the dead? That head. And also, a God placed everything, everything under his feet. Just remember that. Everything. Everything you can imagine. Everything that exists in the world. On earth and under the heavens. Doesn't matter. Everything under his feet. That's how powerful our Lord is. He is our head. And if he's ahead, with him being our head, and we are the body of Christ, what does that tell us? Think of that. Think of that. So it's no wonder it says in 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's where the gathering is. The fullness. It can't be fuller than this, right? The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And this statement kind of leaves us a little bit, okay, well, what does that mean? <laughs> the fullness. And let's find out what that is. The same letter uh, to Ephesians 4, 7, but to each one of us was the grace given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And the gift is this, and that he might fill all things. And verse 10 says, that he might fill all things. That's how Christ fills all things, by giving the gift to certain people. We have entered the, uh, the third topic, last topic already, but how is the church built? This is how the church is built. 
Jesus gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers. Remember the year we talked about the bishops or overseers a while ago? Or shepherds? Teachers? Actually, they're all the same. The shepherds and teachers are elders or bishops, overseers, about the same. The ones who shepherd the flock and teachers. Some argue that, well, we don't have any apostles and prophets anymore. Well, still have to pray to God. We don't have the 12 apostles. Okay, that's all. That's all there is. Have they ceased or not? We don't know. We just keep praying about it. And evangelists we do have. Right? Evangelists. Maybe we'll get to share the same, uh, some evangelists. Too bad that uh, Billy Graham passed away. But anyway, evangelists, small or big, we can make use of evangelists for the sake of the spread in the gospel and, and where we are. So we can share the evangelists. They just uh, travel from one place to another. And shepherds and teachers, they're more like a fixed. They've got to stay there. They've got to remain there to do the job. Just remember, there are not self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed positions. This is serious business. This is something that Jesus gives. This is something Jesus gives. And that's how he fills all things. Remember the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way? That's what gathering is. That's what ecclesia is. Wow. Now, how are those people appointed? How do they help? A question. This is how what it does. Gift of Christ, verse 12, says, For the perfecting of the saint, or preparing. Karutizo, the word means like a preparing. Remember the other fishermen who are mending nets, right? Mending a net, the same word, preparing for the next fish. Anyway, preparing for the saints into the work of serving, and to the building up of the body of Christ. This is important. So who does build up? Who does building up? If you just read this closely, I think it's the saints, right? Those positions that are mentioned, they only help uh, prepare or perfect the work of serving. What is serving then? Act, uh, the saints. This is the saints actually building up the body of Christ. Aren't we all saints? Hagios. Aren't we all sanctified in the blood of Christ? Aren't we all saints? Holy ones in God's eyes? I hope so. <laughs> when we meet him in the face to face, right? In the last day? We don't know, we didn't know how to be holy, but the, with the blood of Christ. We've been washed, our sins have been washed, and we are sanctified in him. Because well, all thanks to the Holy Spirit. Anyway, so the saints building up of the body of Christ. Wow. So we need both, right? We need both. We need the shepherds, or overseers, or elders, and teachers. They help build up. Uh, they help uh, prepare the saints to do the job called building up. So we're all involved in it. So this morning. We need to check, okay, how are we involved in building up? That's the fun part of it. That's the fun part of it. If you don't know yet, God's going to show you. Because, you know why? Because you are a member. You are a member. Each one of you is a member. We're all members of Christ, members of the body of Christ. 
So think of a body. Your head, you got the head established. You know, the body, you know how just to touch around, how the uh, the organ and uh, skeletal muscular system and all these organs and just bit of, little bit of things work and operate interchangeably, inter interrelationably. Think of that. So that's what it is. So until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, so by doing that, we get there. Somehow, somewhat, we get there. And to a full-grown man, wow, the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. We just can't fathom what the word means. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. <laughs> we can say wonderful. Okay, we'll get there? Yes, we'll get there. We'll get there. If it all works together, think of that. That's the fun part of it. Okay, let's get this. So we all grow up, we all build up to him, to Christ. Remember, Christ is the head, right? The Christ is the head. And 16 says, from whom all the body, us, us, being fitted and knit together. Nice. And through that which every joint supplies makes sense. It's really visually and according to the working and measure of the each individual part. So don't worry about the others, okay? In measure of each individual part, each individual part, makes the body increase to the building up of itself in love. This is how it works. So with this in mind, let's just live through the week, how we can build up. Every time we see each other, how do I, how can we, how can we just help build up the body of Christ, the gathering, not the building, I'm not talking about the maintenance of the building. Tax, maintenance, all this. Well, we, we pay, right? You pay the utilities and all that. But that's not it. The gathering. Gathering the body of Christ. Think of that. Then, last, think of the, uh, each gift. The gift that is given to each one of us. Okay, we talked about the gifts that were given to some particular people with the particular positions. But here, uh, according to 1 Corinthians 12, go ahead and study all the chapter. Well, it's going to help you if you just read 13 and 14 as well. But anyway, 12, it's going to help us see how gift is given to each one of us. For example, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and faith, and gifts of healings, workings of miracles, prophecy, discerning spirit. Whoa, kind of really big gifts. It just makes you think. Okay. And not only this, Paul shares the information on the gifts in his letter to the Romans. 12, 6. Okay, it says this. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, says, according to the grace given to each one of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. And if it is a serving, then serve. We can serve in many ways. We can serve one in many ways. If it is serving and teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. So not only just the 1 Corinthians 12, but also Romans 12. I need to keep that in mind. And Peter touches on the gifts too. So uh, all this, we, uh, I think, is worth studying together. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks and, and serves, Actually, it's twofold in Peter. So uh, we need to think of the uh, serving or serve in broader term. We can serve in many ways. 
So we went through the how church came to be or existent, and we learned uh, what church is and how church is built based on the uh, the places where that particular word like ecclesia is used. You can do the study like a church in many ways, but this is just one challenge that I did for you. And last page. After all, okay, I gotta do this something. Okay, before before you tighten up, okay, I gotta do something. I wanna do something. I want so bad, you know. Think of it. Jesus, our Lord, says this. Uh, he asked Peter or the other the apostles, "Who do you say I am?" Simon Peter answered, well, "You are the Messiah and the Son of the Living God." This confession is very important. This is the basis of our, our whole life existence. Do we say that? When you wake up, before you come here, every time you do something, do we, okay, I gotta do something before, okay, uh, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Let's start from there. And he said, I'll tell you that you, Peter Petros, the Greek word, Petros. And on this rock, Petra, different word, I'll build my church and gates of the Hades will not overcome it that in mind. So it doesn't mean that the Jesus will build his church on Peter. No. The word is different. Not Petros, but Petra. Rock. Petrach. Okay, so with that in mind, uh, time's up. So let's, let's go on and live accordingly, worthy of the calling, because God has called us to do something for him. But what is it? To build up. Build up the assembly build up the assembly. And that's why we need people, some people in positions. Pass around, uh, you know, the can't, the deacons here. Uh, see, we need each other. But how, what did that mean? We need each other. As Jesus gives the gifts, and each one of us is given a precious gift, what are we there? We are our managers. We're stewards of the precious gift God gives us. So think of how much you have to do. How much? Not so much. We just need to be obedient. We just need to be honest. We just need to be just open to his calling and his, as he works his power in us, wherever you are, wherever you are. So those that are here for a long time, those that are here just so temporarily, they just might have to leave. But see, you belong to the assembly as a member, wherever you are. Just be encouraged. Be encouraged to do your job, my job. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I just praise your name and praise your great work you did in your son on the cross. Father, we don't have to carry the burden of sin anymore. That's taken care of. That's nailed to the cross. And at the same time, you, uh, every single one of us in this room, just that uh, you were incorporated into the body of your son, all Lord Jesus Christ as a head. Thank you so much. We want to do, we want to live likewise and worthily, and as you promised that you would supply the, the, the power and workings. Please use us where we are to glorify your name. And also uh, help us just to build up one another as you uh, supply all the, the uh, strength you uh, provide us with. 
Father, God, thank you so much for love and for caring. I pray all this in the name of Jesus, our mighty Lord. Amen.